Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, full disclosure, we got... I don't even want to think about how far into recording this episode. A couple dozen minutes. Like, like eight dozen minutes. Yeah, before I realized that I was not, in fact, recording this episode. So we're going to start over. Uh, if we start cracking up at something, it's an inside joke, and we'll try to as naturally as possible make it funny again for you or if it doesn't work i'll just cut it out <laughs> but i'm sure that we will have other tangents that will go on that'll be equally as enjoyable all right so i have a new co-host with me today I have with me robin robin go ahead and introduce yourself tell us how you got into leverage tell us who your favorite character is so I'm excited to be on this podcast, um, and and thank you very much for having me. And I'm actually pretty excited to get a second chance at introducing myself because <laughs> I kind of whiffed it the first time out. Uh, my name's Robin, and like most of the other co-hosts on the podcast, I'm a librarian, so I'm a law librarian in DC, and I I love Leverage. I'm I'm an OG Leverage fan from when it was first on TV. So when it premiered, I had just moved into my first apartment that was all mine with no roommates, and I had cable TV for the first time in my life. Um, That's true luxury right there. Those was, two gosh, things. It came An apartment it was, yourself and cable. Oh, it was this Ooh, tiny little apartment, and I had – it was not a flat-screen TV yet, but it was a big TV. It was my grandpa's old TV that he gave me, and I had like a love seat that I would bought secondhand, but it was really comfortable, and – I had I watched all the television and I watched an episode of Leverage, although I don't know which one. I went through and tried to figure out which one it was. And I it was early in season one. I don't know which one, um, but I loved it. And then I ended up going back and buying the episodes I didn't see on iTunes. So I had like, I have a weird mishmash of episodes on my iTunes account. Because, um, yeah, I would, I would buy myself dinner and watch TV in my own house. And I was a very, very grown up person. Yes. Um, and it was great. And then, so yeah, I watched it until it got canceled, which is unjust and there should be more. And I keep hoping that they'll do like a reunion, Anytime like a do. TNT made for TV movie. Come on, make it happen. You made three librarians movies, TNT. You can do it. Uh, I you guess can put Noah year. Wiley in this. He can be the Mark. It'll be great. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. <sighs> yeah. No, like I think a year ago on instagram the cast had dinner and it was for it was like for timothy hutton's birthday or something but i like i was like i am fully convinced that they're doing this yeah there's no they're they're rebooting everything else and we need leverage in our lives like there should just be more leverage but yeah so then i don't know i had it on dvd and i would watch it variously or when it was on amazon it would, i would stream it not amazon netflix you know, it was always like a go-to, I need something on in the background. Oh, I guess I'll just watch the ho-ho-ho job or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Name-dropping the one episode title I remember with any regularity. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so Corey, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times, she was talking to me once about the librarians and how it was great. And I was like, oh, she's like, it's so nice to see Christian Kane doing something. And I'm like, yeah, he was on Leverage. And she's like, what's that? And I was like, oh my God, you have to watch Leverage right now. Like, get off the phone with me, watch this. And then she called me a couple weeks later and she was like, this show is amazing. And my mom and I have watched every episode like <laughs> twice because it's so good. So yeah, uh, I love Leverage. Everyone should watch it. And that's how I feel. And Elliot is my favorite character, partially because I love Christian Kane because I watched Angel a lot as a kid, not a kid teenager <laughs> i'm 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 an old 
but yeah, I think he's the he's the best. I don't know. I don't want to say the best character because I love all of them, but I think he's my favorite. And I'm not. I know that you ship the OT three, and I don't. I'm sorry. No, I just it. ship. I just ship Parker and Hardison, because um, I like. I like Elliot as slightly removed from the team so that it's like a choice all the time that he's involved with them. Like Mm -hmm. he seems to have a life of his own and he's like choosing these people all the time. And I just, I don't, I don't know. It's not that he doesn't have chemistry with them, but I like the idea of him like looking out for them more than like being an equal partner with them, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I like yeah, that. I like yeah. that he continuously chooses them. Like this is like a contract that he renews. Yeah, and it's less job. like oh, I'm madly in love with them, but more of just like yeah, they like these are my people because I want them to be my people, and mm-hmm. that like I I don't know. I just don't like it as romantic as much. Yeah, um, no, that's completely valid because this is so. fandom, and that's how we do that. It is. How we yes. should do that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I have complicated feelings about how their relationship works in my head, uh, which I think I'll get into more as the series goes on and their relationships kind of grow. But right now, like, yeah. the only seeds that's that have really been sown or, like, that are growing right now are Parker and Hardison. For good yeah. reason. And I never know how I feel about Nate and, um, I want to see Gina, different. and that's not her name. That's the actress's name. Yeah. Um, Nate Ford dating Gina Bellman is a terrible idea. Uh, oh, oh she's Ford, way too good for him. Right, Nate and Sophie. I don't know. I, I always I wanted. I mean, honestly, I would have been happy with a Sophie Elliott pairing. I think that would have been, especially in the early seasons, I would have been happy with that. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like they would have just like had a great little grifting life. <laughs> They would have been an unbeatable pair if they hadn't all grouped up together. They yeah. would have been a scourge. Because he's a pretty good grifter, and she's mm-hmm. not a terrible hitter. Yeah. And I feel like they would have just been, like, like retrieval specialists who also pocketed everything out. They would have been like, oh, the thing you need back is in a vault. Great. We'll take it and everything else that's in there. <laughs> here's your thing right these are our things all of these things are ours <laughs> like we're gonna go like make love on a pile of diamonds on a french beach so the flashback <laughs> to the earlier <laughs> recording we did i'm I, I constantly giving, giving um descriptions of fanfic that i want written not by me because i don't want to write leverage fanfic because it's hard but just fanfic i think should exist yeah if this is a prompt for any fanfic writers uh because this goes back to the last episode when they say like what's the best thing about smuggled diamonds and sophie says the way that they shimmer in the moonlight on a billionaire's (laughs) yacht yeah (laughs) they just keep making a bigger pile of diamonds and then scrooge mcduck style like laying on top of them it doesn't even have to be like oh wait i take it back they're not making love they're just laying there separate like not touching and just being like do we have all the diamonds yes yes we have all the diamonds and then elliot punches one just because he has so many he can just pulverize them with his bare hands and it's fine he can pulverize the hardest material <laughs> yes i'm sorry remember how i said the second time around i would talk less and we would record this a lot faster I remember lied. how i didn't believe you okay so <laughs> let's, let's talk about this episode all right 
Yes. So that's so, how I know about leverage. Let's talk. What episode are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the double blind job, which aired on July 11th, 2010. And it was directed by Mark Roskin, who we've seen before. It was also, this is the first writing credit for Melissa Glenn and Jessica Reader, who's now Jessica Glassell. Uh, since I think the Zanzibar market job was the last one that they got like top writing billing, but they're always in the writing room. So they, they've been there. They've been story editors. So they've been around. So in this episode, a case literally bumps into Hardison and Elliot's, which sparks feelings of jealousy in Parker and brings out Nate's preoccupation with revenge towards the pharmaceutical industry. Lots of drama in this one. Uh, we start with two sisters doing what sisters do best, I say as having two sisters, which is judging each other's clothing choices after shopping. Uh, but instead of, you know, getting into a big old fight, the younger sister passes out and dies. Which I didn't mention before that like one of my big, I mean, I hesitate to say trigger, but like a thing that I hate in fiction is the trope of siblings in peril or siblings dying. Uh, okay. Just because I have two little sisters and, you know, as you age, you realize how delicate life is and I. Uh, I have two little sisters and if anything happens, so like anytime something happens in a book or any sort of media where it's like a little sister, especially, um, but little brothers are not safe either. If something happens to them like that. Yeah, don't just, read little women. Uh, I fucking hate little women, <laughs> but not for that reason, but like oh, the okay. end of the Hunger Games trilogy, like don't get me started on little women. Uh, but like, yeah, the end of the Hunger there's just like books I can't, I'll start and I'm like, oh, somebody please tell me if this sibling dies. And then if they do, I'm like, no. you need the like, does the sister die? The companion website to does the dog die? Exactly. Which someone... is a great website for anyone who doesn't know that that's a thing. Does the dog die.com. Amazing. That's, you know, the internet is a horrible place, but it is also Sometimes. a wonderful place. Sometimes it's great. I will say, I don't, I don't think that this episode would have, this would have worked if it hadn't been a sibling. Like, mm -hmm. it would have been harder, like, oh, my friend died is a much harder, like, spoiler to be like, oh, I spent three years working towards this. And it can't have been, like, her husband or, like, a girlfriend or something, because if it's romantic, then it's harder to play, like, is there romantic subtext later? I guess you could do a parent. But, like, yeah. a child would have been too on the nose with Nate. So it would have had to be, like, oh, my parent died. Yeah. And I'm on no, a they, hunt. They but definitely picked the right one. And then I think... Well, one, I think I watched this episode originally before that was a really big issue for me when I was still like in my early 20s and no one ever dies. And We're going to live forever. <laughs> exactly. um, and so I knew going in what was going to happen. And also there is that three years of removal from yeah. um, the actual incidents. So it's, yeah, when she gets kind of overwrought about like the table where her sister ate pancakes i get a little like <sighs> i've got to go call yeah. my sisters right now but uh beyond that i guess i was okay and this uh, is one of the first times that someone dies or it has it's been a while that mm -hmm. someone has died in the was, opening cold open nice, and it has been a while since we literally watched someone die which is good i don't want to see that every episode that's not why i came to the show no because this we don't want this to be like a crime procedural 
let's let's solve a murder every time because we have a million csis and law and orders for that yeah we don't need it so we fade to black and we it pans over and like we said it's three years later and ashley the older sister is sitting outside of a coffee shop scrolling through her phone when a man walks up and sits down and introduces himself in a kind of a hasty like clandestine kind of manner so he says he's got information about her sister's death that he didn't know her personally but he knew about the drug trial that she was on and while they're talking ashley gets several calls from a blocked number on her phone and in a move that never would happen in 2019 (laughs) she says oh hang on i better take this and gets up to take this phone call we which no any Anybody with a cell phone today is like, nah. It's what is it? What is it that it says? Like, uh, caller block, caller unknown, or something. Caller unknown, or like a scam likely is what. Oh yeah. 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 I got a call that was from six, just six. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even trying to spoof it. Wow, six, just six. Yeah, I didn't answer that. No, no, no. because it it was probably someone. It was probably one of those, like, IRS, like, you are being audited. A warrant has been issued for your arrest. (sighs) Yeah. Love those. Love them. So, like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, that's, no one nowadays would, no one's phone would ring, and no one would pick up that call. Yeah. If someone had texted her, yeah, you'd check that. Maybe, like, an Instagram alert. (laughs) Someone wants to follow you. Like, oh, hold on, I need to see, I need to check on this. Oh, my God, I was tagged in a photo. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Uh, okay, I love the idea of the of the bad guy from across the street <laughs> taking a picture, starting an Instagram account, and tagging her so that she'll be like, "Who is this?" Like, "Hey, this picture is of me right now." Like, what? <laughs> and instead of calling him back, like she does in a minute, she takes a picture and tags. Yeah, or she that. goes back to like try to follow him back, and then realizes like, "Oh my god!" Like his his like profile picture is a selfie taken like across the street he has one photo it's me (laughs) oh my gosh okay sorry so that's not what actually happened though she answers the phone call (laughs) she actually is and nobody's there and then when she hangs up and turns around dr roberts is gone he's batmaned out of there he's the end of touched by an angel kaiser so said exactly he's gone so like we said oh she finds a list that he's left behind for her on a napkin with serial killer scrawl of people's names and then she notices as we mentioned the shady dudes across the street who are standing by a sedan which is always how you know that the bad guys are watching you because they're Very shady like a just a, a normal sedan no one drives yeah. and she is smart instead of taking a picture and tagging them she calls them back and he answers. He's looking at her. <laughs> and she's going. And so she... You know. It's because it's 2009 and everyone answers every phone call because <laughs> it might be important. <laughs> because we haven't yet learned that our home warranty is about to expire or we've won a cruise <laughs> or our g- grandchild is trapped in a hostel with no money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All of these things are new to us, and we are concerned about them all. Yeah, so he needed... It might have been an emergency. He had to answer that phone. Kind of. Uh, 
so she, you know, very practically takes off, walk running, and just as they are like, you know, for real pursuing her, she runs into somebody else coming out of a coffee shop. And luckily for both her and for us watching the show, it's Hardison. And he's not impressed by these fake FBI badges that these guys immediately flash and say, she's in our custody. He's like, those are fake. Those Those are very clearly fake. A millisecond. Like, don't... That's your first mistake. Your second mistake is you made Elliot spill his coffee. Yeah. On him. I feel like this is a really important part. It's not just that Elliot spilled his coffee. It's that, like, his nice white shirt that he probably ironed that morning because Elliot seems like the kind of man who both starches and irons because he's been in, like, seven militaries. (laughs) He also probably sewed his own t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Because he can't find them that have the right fit. Or he probably gets them bigger and then he tailors them. Yeah. I mean, I do that. So I don't know that that's... I know. Like... I'm Elliot. That was another thing we established on the early recording is that we're basically Elliot. We're basically we, are Elliot. Totally, we are totally ready for this <laughs> for our lives as hitters. Um, if you need anyone. Yeah. I do dislike guns, so it's perfect. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just look I in have, a mirror. We have roughly the same haircut right now, so mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, so I think it's that he spilled his coffee on himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he'd be annoyed if it fell on the ground, but on himself, that's an insult to injury. And the injury is that he's about to injure these guys. A lot. On a very public street. Yeah. And nobody does anything. It's fine. I mean, would you? No. Like, no. Like, what? What good would I do? I don't know. Would I call the cops? I'd probably just leave. I think it's bad, but in all honesty, and this doesn't say great things about me, I think if I saw Elliot, a guy like Elliot beating up those two guys and Hardison and I keep wanting to call her Melissa now because you keep I'm sorry. wanting to her name's not Melissa, her name's Ashley. <laughs> Ashley. And if Hardison and Ashley, I would be like, huh, weird. I didn't know they were filming a reality show. <laughs> and I would just keep walking. I think I would just be like, it's, it's a must be a reality show. Yeah, it must be. This must be like a new episode of Punk or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you see, like, Hardison is holding her. Like, obviously, he's protecting her. And yeah. yeah. Like, maybe they're Nazis and they deserve to be punched. That's what I would think. These guys Probably. are in suits and this is a normal dude. He's punching Nazis. Yeah. That's my 2019 mentality. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next scene we get is we're in the bar because that's where we always go back to. Mm-hmm. And, and we assumed, you know, we came to the realization that they probably explained who they were and what they do in yes. order to get her to come back to this bar with them. Because otherwise, otherwise she's, she's not going to go to this bar with two strange, well, one strange man, because the other one has to go clean his shirt. <laughs> right. So otherwise it means that she ran from some sketchy dudes, ran into two handsome but strange men, one of whom started a beatdown, and the other one was like, hey, come with me to this bar. We can help you. Yeah. So talk to my greasy boss. <laughs> my greasy, drunk, drunk boss. And, and just tell that? him all your things, because one time his son got, his son died <laughs> because of an evil corporation, and now he he loves nothing more than taking down evil corporations, and it's fine, because we all have these incredibly long criminal rap sheets. Would you like to hear about them? 
but also don't worry about that blonde who's glaring at you from the bar because yeah. it's it's she's fine she's harmless she just doesn't know how to people yeah she it's just needs cool. to sit over there and just glare she's, sooner or later we'll put her in a small enclosed space and she'll calm down we just need to <laughs> shove her in an air vent and then we'll be fine yeah it's, it's kind of like a, a weighted blanket yeah. <laughs> it's her thundercoat <laughs> She just needs to be in an air vent. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Um, So yeah, there was probably an explanation that happened that was better than the one we just gave, but maybe not. Like you said before, Hardison's real handsome. Yeah, I think that is the that's the kicker. That's what gets you in the door. It's that face, those arms. Come for come for the arms. Stay for the free drinks. He's very tall. It's like that thing of like. Is he attractive or is he tall and nice? And the answer is yes, oh, all three of those things. Yeah. When it comes to Aldous Hodge slash Alec Hardison. So, I mean, yes, Ashley. Yes, go yeah. into this bar. Meet this greasy drunk guy who's still torn up about his son dying. Let's do this. Yeah, so we find out a little bit more about Ashley and her kind of crusade that she's been going on. Her sister was part of this drug trial for a new medication called um, HD1. I also keep wanting to call it ADT. Like the home security system. Yeah, that's that's a different different thing. I don't think that causes liver failure. It might be evil, <laughs> but not Could for be. liver, liver failure. But, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so she did suffer acute liver failure only a week into this trial, which is problematic to say the least they and the should have caught that before it got to human trials yeah i mean what was this doing to mice that they were like well let's move on to human subjects maybe it's just because of their tiny livers maybe with a giant liver it's fine <laughs> only one way to find out <laughs> <laughs> i mean now knowing now about the ceo of this company i don't know if womp, womp, womp is the voices they're making but <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> what is it uh, from the new Muppet movie? Like, maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. Yeah. The company just claimed that it was a freak accident, though, and that no one else had suffered side effects like death. And they offer, they send an attractive man over to their house with this in a suit, and he puts a number on a paper, and at the table where her sister used to eat pancakes, which is really sad. And, uh, this is the part where I have her name written as Melissa. Ashley convinces her parents not to take this payout uh, because she wants to make the people responsible pay for what they did. And if they had, then I guess it's legally binding that you can't. Yeah, you would have signed away your right to sue and absolve yeah. them of any further. Yeah. But yeah, read the paperwork. If, ni- if something happens to you and nice, very nice people show up at your door with a large check, read all the paperwork first. Oh, yeah. Don't just take the money. Nope. So Ashley, I really like Ashley. I think she's really bright. Um, she's adorable, uh, but she also doesn't look like she suffers fools, which I, I appreciate. Uh, so she urges her parents to take this, and she's kind of made this her mission to figure out more about this drug and to try to get people to take responsibility for what they've done. But when they try to sue, they you know, get her out of court and they, no lawyer will agree to take their case. So she spent three years trying to figure out everything she can about the drug. And this meeting with Dr. Roberts was the first lead that she's gotten, but now he's missing. 
which is horrible. So all she has is this list of names that he's written on this napkin for her. And Hardison quickly finds out that they correspond to this town that's nearby. But all of the names, the actual names of people on the list, there's nothing. Like he can't find any records, birth records, death records, anything, which is very suspicious. 2010, the internet had just started. Easy to wipe out ever. Like that is mind blowing. I mean, a lot of there, most people, aside from social media, like if you lift social media out of the equation, most people do not leave a particularly large digital footprint unless you're in a career that would lead you to do that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of places still haven't gotten their like stuff online, birth records, death records, marriage records, like that varies state by state, which actually is why you see so much stuff about Florida, man, because Florida is pretty good about uploading their stuff so mm-hmm. it's easy to like search court records and stuff for little little piddly stuff that's why there's so much florida man did a thing that is ridiculous interesting so it's not so much that florida men do ridiculous things it's that all of the Everyone, other ridiculous stuff is not transcribed. Okay. right it's just that you don't get like virginia man because virginia is not as good about putting their stuff up online mm. but i mean i so, think it's it's possible that you could I think it's possible that you could scrub someone's identity if you were dedicated enough and had enough money to throw at it. Yeah. And also, it just occurred to me, this episode aired in 2010, but if it ha- all the stuff that happened to these people was, in two- was three years ago, 2007, like, even easier. Yeah. Right? Uh, but Dr. Roberts is easy to find. We find this cute picture of him on his moped, which comes in handy later. And... Hardison does this so quickly that Ashley is super impressed, as she should be. And she says she's always wanted to learn how to hack. And Hardison, who never has anybody events, evens any sort of interest in all of the hard work that he does, is like, oh, I could teach you some stuff. And Parker is not happy. No. And she, as you pointed out in our first attempt to record, uh, she is kind of logical, even though she's insanely jealous. It's kind of logical to want to do a background check on this person because they don't know anything about her. They are on the lookout to take down this international criminal, Damien Moreau. So they should be doing their due diligence with every innocent person who just toppled I mean, into their lab. But we decided that probably the glasses in the pub just fingerprint read everyone who picks them up and just automatically background checks them yeah. to see if they're, they have any connection. Every time you walk in, just gets yeah. you. Uh, yeah. yeah. It like runs a credit check, but like increases your score 10 points. Oh. Just as like a boost. Like, like yeah, oh, you're coming no. into a bar? Like, mm, I'll just bump your FICO up a little bit. Just, just a little. <laughs> that's just, okay, like that's going to make me cry. I don't I don't know. I feel like Hardison is the embodiment of chaotic good. He really is. Right. Like he's, I mean, they all, they're all on the chaotic spectrum, I think. Um, I think that Nate has wavered the most. I think he was lawful good at the beginning. Yeah. And I feel you might be able to make an argument for Elliot being neutral. Yeah. But I think chaotic but, neutral. Oh, no. I think he's neutral good. I think uh, Parker is chaotic neutral. Okay. And then what's Sophie? Sophie thinks that she's like lawful good or chaotic evil. Like she thinks <laughs> she's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. and actually she's just 
neutral neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't studied alignments long enough to be able to, like, really peg everybody as what they are. Um, I think Sophie's the tough one, because we don't actually know Sophie. Like, it's, you know, it's tough to say, like, when is she playing a role and when isn't she? That's true. That's Like, whoever, like, Sophie Devereaux is, might be one thing, but whatever her real name is might be, like, lawful good. Mm, Yes. But, but Hardison is obviously chaotic. Yes. He's like a trickster god. Yes. He's Loki. Yes. He's Nancy. He's <laughs> but in like a nicer way. Yeah. Like Loki meets Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, so she's learning from Hardison, which is because like, so everyone, <laughs> everyone should be learning. Everyone who comes into their past should be like, what tips can I learn from you? While I'm here. Yeah, let me sit at your knee and take notes. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, Sophie, can you teach me how to program people to do what I want when when I sip out of a bottle? And she'd be like, yes, actually, I have a I spare would, five minutes. I'll teach you that. I would love to teach you that. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so Dr. Roberts, we find out that he used to work for the company that made HD1, the drug that killed Ashley's sister. Which has since been bought by a company called Palagen. And when they did this, all of the researchers were let go. So um, I'm guessing he was let go. And Nate realizes at this point that all of the stuff that they're talking about in this crowded bar is very sensitive information. Uh, so they should probably relocate. But we've learned in the past that you don't take Vicky Vale to the Batcave. So they're going to relocate to the poker room which we haven't seen since the uh, the bottle job episode. So Nate wants him to go to Dr. Robert's house to check on him. And he wants Parker and Sophie to go knock on doors at Arcadia to figure out what happened to these people. <laughs> but it takes her a second to catch on because she's just glaring at Ashley, who is trying not to make direct eye contact, with this, which is good with a predator. You don't want to make direct eye contact with like a bear or a cougar. You just want to you make yourself a... Small, no, as big as possible. Can you tell I've never run across an actual predator? I think you want to look, want to look bigger, but you also don't want to seem uh, aggressive. So you don't want to make. I think it depends if you're bigger than them or not. Like I think you have to know what kind of predator it is. Like, are they a scavenger? Yeah, and it's hard to tell with Parker. It, I think it, you like, don't want to make eye contact with Parker. Yeah. I think it's. I think if anything, you should just like take off whatever jewelry you have and like set it on the table and back away and hope that that like distracts her so you can no what you do is you take your jewelry and you throw it into a room and you close the door really quick and lock it go get it and then she like has to break into the room and then she's distracted and you can make your escape oh i get you don't lock her in the room no no no. she like that's what she wants is to get into a lock yeah so that's what you give her so yeah um Elliot breaks into Dr. Robert's apartment as subtly as he knows how, which is, you know, not jimmying the lock with a credit card, uh, as we've seen before. I maintain that this is as this is as good as he as quiet as he can be because he just punches it open. It's true. It's true. He doesn't like, you know, do a flying jump kick or he could have, he, I think he would have just gone through the wall. That was an option. Just head down through the wall. <laughs> Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid manning it in. Kool-Aid manning it in. What does the Kool-Aid man say? It's Kool-Aid time? No. Doesn't he go like, 
hey, hey, hey. Or he like says something. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> That's what he says now. That's what Elliot says whenever he goes through a wall. <laughs> which he always has the option of doing at any moment. He just is going to fly. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> or he's trying out a different catchphrase. He's trying to find his catchphrase. So he only does it when no one's around because he doesn't want them to know. I mean, he didn't do it this time because he was on comms. So he didn't want to go through the wall. <laughs> but I do, I do really want you to keep a lookout in future episodes for things that where Kool-Aid Manning through the wall was an option for Elliot. Like and opportunities. Right? Like, because look, Parker takes every opportunity to jump off high things. True. She never lets one go by, right? But I feel like Elliot sees a lot of opportunities to Kool-Aid Man into places, but it's like, no, it's fine. I'm going to let Hardison break the lock. I'm going to pick the lock. I'm going to punch the lock. I'm going to do all these other things. Because I have it's to kind of cool. <laughs> Right? <laughs> because his cover will be blown. Which I think says a lot about his impulse control. Like he's very good at controlling himself. Yeah. Uh, which Parker's he wasn't when he was younger. Nate's not good at. Hardison's not good at. Sophie's good at. No, but, but he had to learn how. Like when he was in Pakistan or whatever, uh. he had to learn that he can't just Kool-Aid man in through doors. <laughs> Because sometimes you see things you can't unsee. <laughs> and Kool-Aid man into a situation before you have your catchphrase locked down. Then you're stuck. And then all the terrorists are just staring at you like, what? That's it, man? Like, then you're just standing there covered in dust. <laughs> dust and teeth. But please do keep an eye out because there's got to be more opportunities for him to Kool-Aid Man in other scenarios. Because there's definitely one, the first episode of season two, he Kool-Aid Man's in, but with the help of a chainsaw. But that's just because yeah. he was cutting a door. Like if he, well, he wanted to see, door. maybe that was going to be his thing. Maybe yeah. the chainsaw would like lead him to the catchphrase of like... <laughs> Because the problem is, is his Watch the buzz. Like, but then he was like, that's awful. And the problem so. is, is it should be, it's clobbering time, but he doesn't want people to know that he's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because then Hardison will try and talk to him about the Fantastic Four, and he just can't have that. He can't. He already made fun of him. Right. About... So he can't use, he's looking yeah. for something better than it's clobbering time. And it just isn't isn't there. He needs something more obscure. Because yeah. also, of all things, Elliot is a hipster. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know he's putting his hair in a man bun as soon as he gets home. Oh, God. Like, I mean, like some people let their the hair down. Mm -hmm. He's in a ponytail. But you know he gets home and he's yeah. just like, oh, at last. And he, like, does it up in a top knot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't see me, but I'm doing, like, a little... To indicate how one would create the bun. <laughs> I got you. Yes. Yeah, puts on suspenders he, to relax. Oh my god, he's got like a like a oversized ratty cardigan. Yes, mm -hmm. like Mister Rogers style gets home and like puts. Them. Oh yeah, it's got elbow patches, but also like it's moth eaten because he Only got it at a thrift store. Patch, One of them came off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Just okay. fanfic over here. Don't mind us. <laughs> okay. All right. 
podcast. So podcast. What are we even talking about? Um, so he, he just punches the door open. He's punched the door open. He finds a BMW keychain, which uh, is odd for a dude who a has a very small apartment and B drives a moped as we saw earlier. It was an excellent like foreshadowing. Hey, uh, and he tears it apart. Not really, because it's actually just a USB drive. And then he plugs it into his phone and is kind of offended at Hardison for having to tell him what to do. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah real you know good how to do eye this roll. So really, it's like, like, it's good. I like it a it's, lot. It's quality. It's a quality eye roll. Capital E, capital R eye roll. TM, Elliot. TM, TM. And looking through the files on this USB drive, uh, Hardison finds out that uh, Dr. Roberts had a meeting with a guy named Darren Hoffman, who's trying to buy something from him for $200,000, uh, which they're pretty sure was a bribe, but he didn't take it. Also, we established on the other, the non-recording, that the $200,000 is not a big enough bribe. Based on the numbers they're throwing around later in the episode, of course he didn't take $200,000. He, sh- he could have gotten millions out of them. Yeah. So it really, it's the pharmaceutical company's fault that all this is happening because they should have led with a bigger bribe to start with. Exactly. Yeah. Like I might, if, if you want me to compromise my morals and the Hippocratic Oath, like come at me with like a couple, at least three or four more zeros. Like if you're a researcher at a pharmaceutical company in Boston, you're probably making close to a hundred grand a year. I hope. Yeah. Probably should be. If not, call it 50 even. So, like, you probably got a severance. Like, 200000 that's two or four years of salary? Come on. Yeah. You can't not, retire on that. That's offensive, personally. You can't like, buy a pile of diamonds on a French beach with that? No. Yeah. How are you going to dive into your diamonds, Scrooge McDuck style, You'll have like Sophie Dibro at your side? Like, four diamonds. <laughs> you, like, sprinkle them on your head. You put them on a, on a cupcake and you're like, well, what use is this? I can't even eat yeah. this now. It'll break my teeth. I don't actually know how many diamonds you could buy with it. I'm a millennial. We killed the diamond industry. I know. I, I don't know. even like like diamonds, but okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I say like, I should have said that with like more vocal fry. Like, I, I don't like diamonds. Like, what is even the point of diamonds? Like, don't like little kids have to mine for them? Like, that just doesn't seem cool. I mean, like lots of things sparkle. I, yeah, like, what's the difference? Like, a rhinestone across my Juicy Couture pants is the same thing. Yeah. All right, podcast. Sorry. <laughs> there are more tangents this time around. I lied so hard. I lied like a rug. It's because I am I'm almost done with this gin and tonic, and I uh, haven't eaten in a bit. Okay. So the dude who was meeting with Dr. Roberts, his name is Darren Hoffman, and he is the CEO of Palogen, which you'll remember is the company that bought the company that made the killer drug. And we find out this dude doesn't have any background in medicine. He's a career CEO. So he jumps from company to company, making more and more money and just like leapfrogging off of those things to make more money at his next position. So he has no loyalty. He has no reason to have an eye out for actual the people who are being affected by the things that he does. So the grade A asshole. And Elliot finds Dr. Roberts, which we didn't talk about in our alternate universe recording of this episode. Dr. Roberts is like the first dead body we've encountered. Is he? I think he's like legit the first murdered person. 
that Elliot didn't take out and then we didn't talk about okay. the fact that they were probably dead. I guess this might be a spoiler for another episode or a spoiler for a different show entirely, but don't they find a dead body inside a mascot at some point? No. Wow. Not yet, anyways. Parker was in a mascot uh, costume in no, the reunion job. Maybe that's a Bones episode. That seems that's very the Bones. the second time I mentioned Bones on this episode, and I don't actually watch that show very much, so... Um, yeah, Man, I loved Bones. Well, because David Boreanaz, that's that's the connection. Yeah, that's why I watched it. David Boreanaz, right? I uh, love Emily Deschanel. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I guess this might be the... the yeah. yeah. The first time they, like, find a dead and... Mm-hmm. And Elliot points out that there are nine places that professionals will inject someone to make their death look like a natural causes death. And we... We came up with the other eight places. We totally listed them all out. And just so you know, we are basically professionals at this point. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. But the one... Be like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why Robin doesn't have social media. Mm-hmm. You gotta I don't stay exist, off, y'all. You gotta stay off the grid. You gotta be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the so... sound I make when I, when I, get <laughs> when I cool a man through the door. I go, wah. You you wait for it to like all the noise to settle down, and you just go, wah. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of a CSI, like wah. <laughs> okay. Okay. But back to more serious matters. Doctor Roberts is so dead. <laughs> Doctor Roberts is dead. Parker and Sophie have managed to find the names that were on the list in Arcadia. Uh, unfortunately, they can't question any of them because they're all buried underground. They're in a cemetery. They're very dead. They're like just deadsies. So we find out that Ashley's sister wasn't the only person to die of liver failure as a result of HD1. And that when Hoffman took over Palagin, he had all of the records of the drug trial erased including all of any record of these people online but i'm happy to say he can't erase the arcadia public library yes have everything we do and if we don't we can find it somewhere else yes although ironically sometimes the place that has it is a local public library that has like one copy of something on microfiche and is like we can copy that for you it'll be three to four weeks and you're like all right thanks I guess this is better than never having it. Yeah. Yeah. And as uh, discussed in the Alterna podcast, <laughs> they probably just stole that newspaper. No. What if, okay, I know you can't normally, can't normally check out a straight up newspaper or even a bound newspaper because they're usually like in, the, in a history room as reference materials because bound newspapers are giants. Right. But, okay, I have come up with a new head cannon they conned it out of them they got a library card at the arcadia public library they probably became friends of the library and sophie like sweet talked some librarian into letting them take it home for a little bit or they went in and said oh we were hired by the friends of the library to do preservation on all of your materials so we're just going to take all of them yes we're volunteers. Cover for it. Oh shit! They'd be like, "Yes, Hardison and Elliot are gonna preserve all of this because Hardison. it's the one place where their skill set oh. overlaps." 
Yes. Hardis and Elliot are going to bind every single copy of the Arcadia Times yeah. from eight from time immemorial. That's what they're gonna do. Oh my god. That's what happens at the end of this episode. I got literal goosebumps just now. Yeah. That thick I might write. Oh yes, please write that. Okay. Um, um yeah. oh, I before we like get started on the con itself. Nate and Sophie, after figuring out how to use the screens up in the back cave without Hardison's help, uh, they are they like go over some con names uh, yeah. and they're like you know spitballing and trying to figure out what they should do. Which I really don't think we can, guys. I don't think we can recreate this. We can't so, recreate it, but just it know, was magic. It was so so. We riffed for like five minutes on this fictional con. Cause she's like, well, what about, he's like, what about this con? And so if he's like, oh, I'm never wearing that dress again. And Nate gives her this look like intrigued and then understanding look. And we were trying to figure out what the dress was like, what? And it turned into just, it was like, there was, there was a costume contest or party and, and a hoop skirt and what we ended up with was the con was Sophie dressed like Bo Peep in a hoop skirt with a crook <laughs> and Parker inside the hoop skirt dressed like a sheep. Not because she thought she'd get caught, but because she Parker never got to like dress up for Halloween. So she glued cotton balls all over her face. And then, and the crook is also a, an, a, 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 a antenna that unscrews into various things yeah you know just little things you might need like a swiss army crook yeah and then at the very end i bet it was used to actually like hook the bad guy oh yeah like as he's running away yeah like nate reaches out and like hooks him yeah oh yeah or like maybe not by the neck but like trips him yeah like vaudeville style oh yeah and then (laughs) the other costumes were amazing okay. and you should so, at least know what they are hardison tell them about hardison hardison is a matador so you can imagine he's got the black bolero and everything is very intricately beaded and, and embroidered he's got the pink socks like stockings and the, the skinny pants are those spats um do they're, they're, spats. Uh, they're definitely tassels yeah um, and he's got the hats with like the things off the side, uh, which may also be kind of antenna. Like maybe they they're like boosting the signal. Can he have a fake mustache that curls up on the ends? Oh, of course he has a fake mustache. How could he not? And, like, and the cape. Yes, I liked your idea for the cape. The cape, the cape is cape. a Faraday cage when draped over something. Like yeah. he can use it to muffle electronic signals. Yeah. So so like any sort of. They're gonna send uh, like a distress signal outside of the where the compound that they're in, and they can't because he's got it draped. And <laughs> Elliot, Elliot wanted to be the bull to Hardison's matador, but Nate said no. He's gonna be the there's bull because there's only two options left for this con. <laughs> so there's the bull. Because did they find them all in a trunk, and these were the I only think, costumes? I think like, there's something pastoral, right? There's like because we have like the sheep and the. Yeah, the, the sheep and the matador. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. But there's something about like the bulls and the sheep and the I don't know <gasps> some sort of like parable. Oh uh huh. Maybe yeah. The, we have the bull. They broke into an agricultural facility. Okay. But well, the theme is just like pastoral, like they were stealing a farm show. There we. 
That's when they did this before. <laughs> is a farm show with a costume party? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh, farm shows are like a whole thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. They're crazy. Um, like, is it's is it bad that, like, we're talking... It's not bad. It, we're talking about a fan fiction, and then we talk about a farm show. I'm like, oh, everything I know about farm shows, I know from a fan fiction. <laughs> AU, where they're in a farm <laughs> show. <laughs> Okay, so they so there's only two rules left. And so Elliot is like, well, I get to be the bull. And Nate, on the spur of the moment, comes up with some reason why he has to be in the bull costume. Because the other costume involves wearing, like, lederhosen and a low-cut, like, German wench-style so, dress. So for, for women, it's called a dirndl. Okay. So it's like a dirndl top. Yeah. Yeah, which is but, looks like the later hosen, but it's yeah. what the ladies wear with the like petticoats. And then Elliot and the has to braid his hair with his little braids on top of his head. He's got to like, be hiding. He's got to have like a crown braid. Oh, Sophie braids his hair into a crown braid and puts little flowers in it. Parker puts the flowers in. She just keeps adding more. Every he doesn't know how. Like during the con, he'll just suddenly like catch sight of, it and he has like five more, and it's just Parker in the vents, like also, leaning down and stick. I don't know why there's vents at the farm show. Parker with like a hand coming out from a haystack. Also, he's like, allergic to the flowers, <laughs> and he keeps sneezing. And, in, and then in the background, there's Sophie in her hoop skirt, like, trying to get Parker to where she needs to be, because she's the sugar plum fairy of it all. And she's, but she keeps picking up, like, Detrius with her hoop skirt. So she's, like, dragging stuff behind her. And then animals are coming up to try to eat the stuff off her skirt. This sounds like a screwball comedy. This is like bringing up baby meets leverage. So there was like 10 minutes of this on our other recording. Um, which is great because now there are 10 minutes of it on this recording. But I'm really glad we got to talk about it again because it makes me really happy. Because really I love the idea of, like, of Nate just being like, no, I have to be the bull because tactics. Um, My hair's not long enough and... Yeah. You have better cleavage than I do, Elliot. Go. Yeah. And then, but Nate is not really dressed up like a bull. He's just wearing like a He just has like horns. a headband with horns. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, he like put on a brown suit and called it a day. <laughs> um, Amazing. And he's the only yeah. person that people are like, oh, you're a bull. Everyone else is like, so who are you dressed as? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All right, so okay. yeah, they don't they don't want to do the con again, so they decided to do the the double blind con. <laughs> so, so we've got to pivot sharply from this beautiful fantasy world that we've created, because Parker has to go in to break into Hoffman's office, and she has to go in under the cover, under the cover, undercover as a new pharmaceutical rep who's there to be trained, and. Uh, I don't want to talk about it again, but I feel like we have to because it didn't get recorded the first time. She goes in in like a silky shirt and a, a short skirt, which means that on the audio commentary for this episode, uh, John Rogers and the director, Mark Roskin, were gross about Parker and her appearance or uh, about. Um, wow, I just forgot her name. Beth Reese-Graff and her appearance, which is not the first time that they've done it. And it's very uncomfortable each time they do it. I 
because a it's always uncomfortable when someone talks about someone that way uh and b it's doubly uncomfortable when they're the bosses of that person yeah it doesn't really seem like she's like signed up for that or something or like the character there's also something gross about it i was thinking about this that like and this might be putting too much on like the character versus the actress but like the character of parker would be so uncomfortable of people talking about her like that that it makes it like doubly so yeah because it wouldn't be okay if they were talking about like gina bellman that way or anything like it's just don't be gross Mm-hmm. Like, can we all just not be gross, particularly when it's something where you're like, where the implications are like, look how hot this person looks in the outfit that we forced, we told them they had to wear. Yeah. Like it's, that's, it's yeah. Icky. Don't because, be gross. Because, you know, they, they frequently talk about how beautiful Gina Bellman is because she is, but they don't do it in a lecherous way. And I don't know if that's because Gina Bellman is older or because she wears dresses more often and and it is kind of rare for Parker to be in more revealing clothing. Uh, but it is, it's like, uh, I don't it's know. It's gross. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Don't, it's- don't talk about people in a gross way. Just talk about people in matador outfits. And, yeah. And lederhosen. I know. And like, especially if they are you're their boss like you're their superior in some way and you have power over them uh yeah Mm, just don't do it okay so i don't i don't think i like to think that if they're making this commentary today they would not but that doesn't make it okay that they did it in the past yeah so elliot for his part also gets to be distracting he's going to distract the fdi (laughs) fdi fda rep who has come to sign off on some paperwork for this drug that they're about to release. They're having a big, you know, big, what is it called? Big. They're having a big party to celebrate like the release, release of this party, party drug. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, wait, I, told, is this I just the, felt weird saying a, release. <laughs> is it the release party or is it the pain awareness? Dinner? No, that's what it, this is the launch for the drug. Okay. Um, I think later they refer to like a banquet that they'd had in the past. So, uh, yeah, Elliot goes in to distract this FDA rep who's just come to sign a few forms, like a little formality before this drug can be officially launched. And Sophie's going to step in and act as her so she can form a relationship with Hoffman and kind of get to him. And Elliot does this great thing when he's like distracting her and he does a a really excellent uh, pick of her visitor pass and he passes it off to Sophie, who then it's later doesn't. Smooth. Yes, it's so it's really good. Um, and then later she doesn't actually even wear it where we can see it, <laughs> which seems a waste. But it got her upstairs where she needed to go. And she goes in to meet with Hoffman, who doesn't even look at her at first, kind of just brushes her off like, oh, you're the FDA person. Like everything's about regulations, blah, blah, blah. And she like just turns on her sultry voice and her she like compliments him and gives him this coded reference to for a bribe like oh i'd love to consult for you which i've noticed in this season because sophie wasn't a constant in the cons last season because she was gina bellman was out 
But I think her her roles and the personas that she takes on this season are much more subtle than they were in the first season. Yeah. You know, like she, in the last episode, she brought back her like New Zealand journalist kind of uh, character who's kind of brash. But before that, she was like this kind of cold headhunter sort of uh, corporate person. But this, like, she's just very like understated. The one next in the next week's episode is not that understated. In the Elliot Sings episode. No. And then there's another one later this season where I don't, I don't know. Do you do spoilers? Oh, I, feel, I? I figure we've all watched them before. <laughs> um, so, yeah. She plays the chocolate lady, like the chocolate whisperer. Oh and she has the little hat. She has a little fascinator. I love that episode. That's that like, episode is so good. It's my favorite episode of Leverage. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I love that one an awful lot. Yeah. That's also the one that weirdly has a cigarette in it, which is like, <gasps> oh, it's gone. I know. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah. So, yeah. definitely later in the season, but she is going back into like the outlandish, but this season, she's very like, she kind of, I don't know if she's easing back into it or if they're just less focused on her. I feel like mm-hmm. there are many. Not that there always is a primary, but this is very much like a Parker and Hardison episode. Like it's a Hardison episode, and everyone else is like peripheral yeah. to that. I don't. I feel like there haven't been very many like Sophie episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And also, I think we Sophie has proved herself like that she can do a bunch of different like off the wall things, and now like you're kind of seeing okay, she could do like a different accent. But now she's just doing her accent, but like she's a different person. So it's like, yeah, it's showing like the the shades and like the very like delicate ways she can just kind of mm-hmm. tweak a character to be somebody completely different. Because when uh, the wheat episode, the double, the What's that whatever, one? the other job, uh, she's like, just like has these like her eyes are just dead like she doesn't care she's gonna cull all the dead weight from this company blah 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 and she still has her british accent but she's like a completely different character from like this like oh i'm gonna compliment you and schmooze you and i'm gonna get a payout for sorry i'm like shady person i'm like looking at these over i'm like looking at the list of them to see yeah no it's been really like fine-tuning her Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think that's because it's subtle. Like they don't make a point to say anything about it because she makes her own decisions on how she's going to play these characters. And it's, I think it's just it's just really good. Yeah, just enjoy that. <sighs> so Parker. Um, so once Sophie's character has kind of finessed Hoffman out of his office, Parker can go in and break in. Uh, but first, as she's trying to leave, she gets suckered into volunteering to pretend to sell drugs to this guy who's playing a doctor who's actually the leverage prop guy so props to you prop guy Uh, (laughs) i see what you did there yes uh and as we all know when uh parker has to act outside of the script that she's already been given she's very bad at it (laughs) so she's just like i have drugs do you want some (laughs) and they're like no that's not right try again 
they help me sleep and not eat, and they make me happy. Again, that's not correct. There are drugs. Don't do any of that. I did like how she segwayed into, like, yeah, I left it in the bathroom. Like, like I really have to go to the bathroom. Like, she did manage to, I don't know, lie to them successfully. Yeah. <laughs> that poor lady who was trying to train her. She's just, uh, who's next? <laughs> just still upbeat about it. There's but also, her- like, did that training class just keep going on the whole time? Like, while there was a whole event going on and everything's, like, falling apart around the company, there's still just a bunch of, like, fresh-faced women sitting around a table? Like, yes, we will definitely remember to smile and make eye contact and push the fact that, like, very few people die of liver failure. And here, would you like a free pen? Um, yeah, okay. I definitely believe that they are going on. Like, that's still happening. <laughs> Except, because I think this con happens after over two days. Oh, it does? I think so. Because there's the one day where he, Elliot convinces the FDA rep to stay, because we're going to get to that in a minute. You're um, right. And then tour the Boston, day. and then it's the next okay. day. All yeah. right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they were there the You're whole right. day. Okay. But I wonder if they got to be there for the party. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But then, like, don't drink the... Sh- okay. Uh, spoilers. We'll get to that in a minute. Spoilers, Soylent Green is people. <laughs> yes. It was Kyler Soze all along. Yes. So, her, uh, blah, blah, blah. Parker goes and breaks into Hoffman's office. She starts copying files from his computer. Hardison sees a locked file that he's very excited about because it has information on Vioplex, which is the drug that they're getting ready to launch. And they pull up the molecular structure of Vioplex and surprise, it's the exact same molecular structure as HD1. Yeah. Um, that's bad. But this time around, they've added a time-release protein that's going to delay that liver failure for mm, a couple years. So da, people, da, da, are sh- yeah, people are still going to die, but it's going to take longer. And I mean, the downside is that people are still going to die, but the upside is that the FDA gets five hundred thousand complaints a year about bad side effects. So by the time they get to this one. Hoffman's going to be gone. He'll have jumped to a different CEO position. He'll be making more money. And he's not going to be held res- personally responsible for any of these people that he has knowingly sent to their deaths. Which is... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, they're going to need some physical evidence so they can take him down. Uh, they have to prove that they're the same drug. Which is doable because drug companies keep samples of everything. In and then Hardison shares the super creepy fact that, yeah, they still have samples of smallpox in several different countries. And Ashley's like, I probably don't want to know which ones, right? And he's like, no, no, you don't. Just ignorance is bliss in this situation. So they're going to need to use the FDA to bring down this company now, which they're going to be able to do. Parker, they have a, an FDA rep. They've got just one of their fingerprints. They just got one lying around. Like, who doesn't have one? Yeah. Oh, this old thing. Uh, so Parker needs to figure out where they're hiding the samples by looking around this office. And Elliot has to convince the FDA rep to stay since she's p- part of this con now. And Parker does use her secret spidey senses to locate a safe in the room 
and breaks into it like like nothing. Yeah, I feel like a hot I knife really through butter. Like, I really feel like Parker walks into every room and like looks to see where the safes are and then just breaks into them for funsies. Yeah, that tracks. Because, I mean, what else is she going to do? Like, I think she maybe just like, walks around hotels and just breaks into every safe in every room. She can't help it. And that's not even a that's not even a challenge because you know where the hotel safes are. Yeah. She walks into, like everybody's house. Like she, you invite her over for a barbecue and she's going to figure out where your safe is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't have one, she's going to like bring one to you. Be like, yeah. you should have a safe. It's like, this Please is my house. it up for the next time I come to your house. Just know that I'm coming for it. Uh, but yeah, she finds this uh, safe and she's scanning the papers from it. And Hardison's like, this is a gold mine. This is great. This is all this information that we need. It's like telling me where the warehouses are. It's got files. Uh, but while she's scanning them with the coolest tool that we wish actually oh, existed. Gosh, it's so good. It, guys, it's just like a little cell phone scanner app. And she just holds it right up on the paper and it scans the whole paper perfectly. It's amazing. Like it looks like a PDF. Like it looks mm, it's so good. Do you think it would do gorgeous. microfiche too? Because I would pay a lot of money for a microfiche scanning app. Oh, dang. Right? Wouldn't that be good? Hardison, Hardison could, could make that. Okay, yeah. if anyone is out there who's really like Hardison, hook me up. I will install a safe in my house. You can send someone in and put the app inside the safe. That doesn't work. Never mind. Let's move on. I mean, you've put it out into the universe. That's the I secret, have. right? <laughs> you've envisioned it. Um, to do okay, so Parker has scanned these papers, but while she's doing it, she trips an alarm, and Hardison wants her to get out as quickly as possible. She's only got 40 seconds, 39, 30 seconds. Uh, but Nate says, No, stay, finish putting everything away. We don't want him to know that we were there. And Hardison's like, Okay, but if she gets caught, like, we need Parker, like, this is not okay to put her in this jeopardy. But she finishes just in time. She's not worried at all while she's yeah, doing this. Do. Everyone, so, yeah, Sophie and Hardison both are like, ah, you shouldn't have done the thing. And Parker doesn't really get a say in whether, like, it, it seems was, like Parker really does trust Nate to yeah. tell her if it's too much. But also Parker really trusted Archie as well. Yeah. So I think we've kind of seen that Parker will put her blind trust in the father figures in her life because she hasn't had them really Uh, and then that's not really something she should trust but she still kind of does yeah that seems like it's showing that like that's still a failing on her or like still a problem for her that she isn't and i don't know if they go back to that later this season yeah i don't know of her or at some point of her making the call of like no i'm gonna i know what i'm capable of Mm -hmm. yeah if i had wanted to get out i would have left yeah. I, th- I thought I could do it. And the next scene we get is Sophie like busting into the bar and like calling Nate on his shit, which we so. said in the alternate timeline that this was oh, it's so good. So good. You know, she tells him, you know, you were willing to push this because it was a medical company and you're thinking of your son. You can't do this. Like, and she like brings up the fact that he went off the rails and they had to bust him out of prison. And then they got blackmailed. And and now that he's a thief, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He can't distance himself and be holier than thou and say, Well, y'all are all criminals, but I am an honest man and therefore I can call the shots because I know what's going on. He is straight up 
moved over to their side. He changed his his hat from white to black, and he doesn't get to say he's better than them. It's uh, so good. It's good. Just put him in his place. Mm. And and she threatens like if he doesn't shape up, she's gonna walk. And she's the only person who even likes him, so he should think twice about that. Which of course he does what you would expect. He just scoffs. He doesn't look like he's taking it too seriously. Yeah, I think my take before was that he's just like, how dare you say these two things? I'm going to drink until they don't feel true anymore. Exactly. (laughs) One thing that I did notice, because as I said before, I watched these episodes three times before we talk about them. And now we've talked about it twice. Sophie's upset. Hardison's upset in the moment, but then he doesn't seem to hold a grudge about it in the rest of the, the job, which I think is interesting. Like Sophie brings it up again later, but... Hardison, I mean, Hardison does kind of mention in a, in a minute that prison has changed, Nate. But then he says he can't decide if it's for good or for evil. I think there's an on on running thing, though, that happens where, like, they all trust Elliot to keep them safe, like, physically. But then the three, like, I don't know, I in my head I call them, like, they're the littles, right? The but kids, like, yeah. Elliot, yeah. They they're trusting Nate to like oversee everything, but then Sophie thinks it's her job to keep Nate on like the straight and narrow. So if something goes wrong, Nate won't blame himself. Sophie will blame herself though Mm -hmm. for not like, you know what I mean? Like there's something there that like, and Nate would blame himself, but I don't think Sophie would see it that way. Yeah. Like Sophie thinks that because Nate is cold and like, on the job that it's her responsibility to keep him focused and so if something goes wrong it'll be her failing there's something in here too about like emotional labor and like (laughs) (laughs) domestic spheres and like what women take on but oh that's true yeah yeah it made sense to me that that would still continue to affect sophie it just kind of blew my mind that hardison it just like he was upset in the moment and he let it go and I mean, that might be just like me as a Scorpio talking, but like, no, I hold on to that shit. Oh, yeah. Like you yeah. put this person that I care about in danger. And like, not only like, do I care about her, but we need her to finish this job that I also care about. I don't know. It, it comes Especially back- after last episode, when we find out that he, Nate straight up hypnotized Hardison. Yeah. Like there's not. So I think and they didn't mention in the commentary, but, you know, we were talking about in the alternate timeline that these episodes like some of the orders got switched yeah i uh, so i wonder if this one should have been further or before uh because this yeah. is not how i would think hardison would act coming on the heels of feeling betrayed by this nate is where- okay so this is like something that we think is building throughout this season maybe that will pay off i guess we'll, i'll just we'll, keep having we'll to listen to your podcast to find out I know. Yeah. Let's, let's find out um, on Thursday, you will tell me how uh, <laughs> how this progression is going and what forward. opportunities uh, <laughs> Elliot could have Kool-Aid manned into the room. <laughs> and we're also this season keeping track of Parker's taser, which she hasn't used in a couple episodes. Which is a shame. But, yeah, I know. Bring back the taser. I'm sure she wanted to use it on Ashley at some point. I, yeah, I bet there was a scene where they thought about like having her have it and then... and. Sophie being like, no, Parker, put your hand out. Like, no, yeah. no, you can't. Like, take it's in the background no, no. and she's like, Meh. yeah, or she's like, take it. You see her like taking it out of her pocket and Sophie just like pushing her hand back down. Like, <laughs> you just hear it like, in the yeah. background. <laughs> um, she's so- just teasing the wall. 
the lights are flickering because it's kind of affecting <laughs> the wiring. So Elliot's exhausted back at the Batcave because he's walked the Freedom Trail twice. He went shopping. He went on a duck tour with the FDA yes. reps. Um, and please tell everybody your headcanon for this interstitial so, uh, fanfic that needs to happen. This, this was not a bit from the alternate timeline. This is a bit I thought of when I rewatched the episode. Um, so he goes on a duck boat tour, which... A duck boat sank fairly recently and several people drowned because duck boats are not safe. Um, some of them probably are, but on the whole, they are not well, you know, regulated and vehicles that run on both land and water are often unstable. So I, I had a whole headcanon that is, uh, as Elliot and the FDA rep are on the boat and he's trying to pretend like he's this, you know, boring man who works at a pharmaceutical company he also realizes that the duck boat is unsafe and there's some sort of you know skimming happening off the top or they have not done the appropriate safety measures so he's trying to do a whole job to make the boat safe and also catch the bad guy while pretending like he's very boring and that's why he's so tired because he's been running all over the boat like what if also during this story he because you know he's hanging off the side of the boat trying to fix something that's gone awry so that everyone doesn't capsize and die he like because he once dated a boat mechanic so he knows how to fix a boat exactly he Um, dated a navy seal elliot's bye by the way i'm pretty sure it's fine let's move he's He's 100 bye okay um in my ideal universe everybody is bye but okay um no, but like when he's fixing something, he like gets wet in the water, but he has to play it off like he fell off the boat. Yeah. And this is also part of why later <laughs> the FDA rep is like, um, maybe not, because like he yeah. fell off a boat and it was really pathetic. <laughs> Cause then he had to play it off like he was like a schmutz. Like he like was yes. just 100% like 100 oh, percent he fell off a boat, or he had to pretend like he had like fallen off and had to pretend to drown or like yeah, to, pretend to be had, like i can't swim in a really pathetic way like i think they make you wear the little like yeah, they make you wear there. those i i'm yes. pretty sure on the duck boats they like make you wear the uh life the, vest like, pres- yeah but like like a life preserver like not even the nice vest ones but just like the ones around your neck that like are so awful but i guess save your life yes yeah that is a thing yep. yeah so that's that that's what i why i think he's so tired so there's another prompt. Fic writers, please, yeah. uh, you can tweet me the link when you're done with all of these fics at Librarian on, on Twitter. Tag it. Let's go steal a podcast on AOP. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, do you have any idea how happy that would make me? I'm going to be like, it's going to be like a search term. I'm just going to have bookmarked. Okay. So... Elliot's exhausted. The Freedom Trail is not a euphemism. I Hardison is telling us that the vials are going to be really hard to find because there are a lot of different warehouses where they might be. Uh, and Nate is not worried at all because they're going to use Sophie's friendship with Hoffman to lead them to it. And once they do that, Nate's going to push, just kind of kind of lean on him to get him to reveal all this stuff. And he's really creepy when he's talking about doing this, which mm-hmm. kind of worries Hardison, who says he thinks prisons changed him, but neither he nor Elliot can 
decide if it's for worse or for better. Yeah. So then we have Sophie meeting with Hoffman and they're drinking what we decided is uh, like the the most shorthand for evil drink. Martinis. The martini. Uh, and they're discussing what their arrangement would entail. So on her end, if she got any complaints about the drug, she would put them at the bottom of the pile so they wouldn't be addressed. But then she wants to know, like, what if there are consistent complaints and they're really bad? And he says... He gives his, this is his evil speech of evil. He has like right. four evil speeches of evil, though. He's like, just an evil speech of evil machine. Yeah. There's not a lot of nuance to this guy. Like, no, just, he's real open with his evil, too, to he's like everybody. He's kind about it. But like, I mean, he's lady a CEO. I once who has a visitor's badge? Let's talk. <laughs> yes, let me, yeah, let me, well. I mean, I don't want to, like, cast a blanket aspersion over a gender, but I... men do stupid things to hot around hot women. They do. That's true. So does, there is that. Have, you know, she is working the whole, like, the the full seductive yeah. thing that she does. Like, But, yeah, that's very... Yeah. Um, I should have brought this up when we first met... Darren Hoffman at the beginning of this, but he's played by Michael O'Keefe, who has literally been in just about everything. His acting career started in 1974. So like he's he was in MASH. Guy. He was oh. in MASH. Uh, yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff, but I thought it was really interesting. He is going to be in City on a Hill, which is still filming, but it's uh, Aldous Hodge's new TV series. Yeah, that's the with one with Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. So he's playing, he's in at least one episode. He plays Agent Clasby. So uh, that's on Showtime, right? I think it is going to be on Showtime, yeah. Okay. So that dude, Michael O'Keefe. And he's giving his 80th evil speech of evil. And he says, you know, if you get those cons- those complaints about really bad things happening, like, you know, death, don't worry about it because eventually the company's going to have to apologize for all the people that it's killed with this drug. And we're going to have to just pay some fines. It'll be fine. Like it's not a big deal. And Sophie points out it's kind of a big deal. Last year, my company had a company or the FDA had a company that had to pay like $2 billion in fines. And he said, yeah, but what they didn't report was that that company made $16 billion before they had to pay that fine. So it's like 14%. That's like tipping your waiter. And like, John Rogers put out that that's like a real thing that happens. And it is. And it's, it's awful. Just sick. It's so gross. Because the fine, I mean, the fine is not as bad. Then you still make the profits. Yeah. That's also like part of the premise of Fight Club. That's why, like, Edward Norton's whole thing it was being an insurance, or a guy who works for car companies, to try to figure out if, like, the lawsuits will be less expensive than fixing the problem. Ugh. Ugh. Welcome to the world we live in! Yay! Uh, <laughs> let's keep talking about leverage, where let's keep talking about bad things can... happen to bad people. Yes, and we can, we can help fix it for the good people. Yeah. So, yeah, so she kind of gets this information and then she does like the quintessential, oh, it's cold in here. And he offers her his jacket, which like 
to go more with like the subtleties of this character that she's playing she's so good because she's like oh like nobody does that anymore like that's so sweet and and it's just very she basically outlandish but it's like the equivalent of like putting a gold star in his forehead and being like you are a good man yeah which is like all that guy's gonna want to like he's gonna want to think of himself as a good person oh no i'm a nice guy and when i first watched that i thought oh maybe he's like how would she know that that he'd give her his jacket and then i realized like oh she probably if that doesn't work she's gonna have like yeah a whole bunch of other plans of ways to get this tracker on him oh yeah yeah she's got it covered no matter what and i mean she's probably like already programmed him in some way like 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 a chivalry kind of trigger yeah uh, every time definitely. she eats an olive mm-hmm. out of her evil martini <laughs> where every time he eats an olive he does something yeah. chivalrous for her uh yeah so but then as soon as she gets the jacket on she gets a phone call and so she has to step out to take it and he turns around and nate is there and takes his seat which is so like a great metaphor because he was currently sitting such in the a power seat. such power of like I've taken your seat where you were just espousing like your evil plans. And now I'm going to tell you how I'm going to screw you over. And Nate says, I'm a friend of Dr. Roberts. Nate even has a drink because he's been in a bar for five seconds. So of course he has a drink in his hand. They just materialize. It would have been even even more of a power move if he had taken his drink. Yeah, but that would be gross. That would be so gross. But like, just just some big dick energy. I think he should have he should have picked the drink up and like looked at it and been like ew. Yeah, and then like, oh, and like no. Yeah, but or, or maybe like, just like, like a whiskey rocks. Yeah, it's like, like I think just not drinking it but like walking away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just taking it from him would have been great. Yeah. But he he told well, like, him don't that don't drink other people's drinks. No. That's that's how <laughs> that's how you get herpes. Well, that's one way you get herpes. Yeah, so... All right. <laughs> Mom, that's how you get herpes. That's why I have herpes. I'm just kidding. Uh, so... <laughs> so <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. Uh, so Nate threatens him, says he's a friend of Dr. Roberts, and that he has info that Bioplex is actually hd1 and that uh you know he wants him to pay him five million dollars by five o'clock that day or he's gonna talk and he kind of taunts him with like oh well you should have kept your files and those vials more secure or i wouldn't know about this so this prompts hoffman to be like oh shit i gotta go check that all my stuff is still where it is supposed to be and sophie another this like blows my mind because she comes back from her phone call and he's sitting in her seat and she goes, and he's not even looking at her, but she's like, Oh, uh, why it? Okay. And then she like goes to the other seat. She didn't need to do that. It's great. It's so, so perfect. Uh, but she, before he leaves, cause he's gets this sudden headache. Uh, she says, Oh no, you forgot your jacket here. Take your jacket. And he pays, which is nice. And he leaves. And he goes immediately. Although he was gonna leave, and then she stops him and is like, "Here's your jacket." And then he and remembers. Then he, pays. he was That's totally true. just gonna leave her with the check and oh, his yeah. jacket, but like, yeah, That's yeah. she did. That was the trigger. Like she made him be a sh- chivalrous again. Yep. Uh, so he goes immediately to this restricted warehouse where the samples are held, 
and they're on like the very first shelf of of stuff. I feel like they didn't want to build or rent much of a warehouse. Like that that set is quite small. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might have been like a shipping container. <laughs> this was just like a utility closet. Yeah. <laughs> There's some like ducts right there. <laughs> uh so then he's like, okay, no, they're still here. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And but now they've had this GPS encoded, encrypted, or whatever GV, GPS camera that Sophie put on his button. So Parker can retrace his steps, go break in, and get this case. And as she's getting ready to leave, Ashley wishes her good luck. <laughs> and she's got like this big mug of coffee, and she's just got this sweet smile and the good luck. <laughs> Parker's like, you think I need luck? I'm going to kill you. Did we talk about that on this? That was on the alternate version, right? Where we talked about Ashley and how they played her. Yes, it was the alternate one. So that's that. I really, I really like how they played it. Like maybe there could be, we decided like, oh, there could be chemistry with them, but there isn't necessarily like it's, it's played like Ashley and Hardison are, are friendly with each other and not Mm -hmm. necessarily flirting. And that Ashley maybe has like clocked what's going on with Parker um, and I like that she is like there's nothing snide about the way she treats Parker at all. Like, right. She's just grateful. She's just pro her. And it's all the negativity is coming from Parker, who just does not understand like why she hates this woman. Yeah. And like and doesn't she... want to understand. Like there's no. no introspection, but she's just like, oh yeah, she's evil. Like just, she's the fucking yeah. worst because I say she is. <laughs> <laughs> she could be a terrorist. Yeah. Like, why is she wishing me good luck? Like, what does she think I need it? Yeah, does she she not think I can do this? And like earlier, um, when they were talking about the covers and they were gonna send Sophie in as the FDA rep, like, oh, we'll just do this woman's appointment and we'll make her her. And she's like, How is that gonna is that gonna work? And Parker just like glares across the table, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Do you not know what well, we like when do? Maggie asked that? When Maggie, yeah. when she was like, you can't just make people do what you want. And she's like, you're so cute. I you're love adorable. you. You're like, adorable. Yeah. yeah. But. It's a very different situation, huh? Mm. Yeah. But, you know, Parker is like writing fanfic about Maggie and Nate getting back together. Or like plotting it. She's got like a serial killer wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what's in, in one of the like the dark corners of her warehouse. Is just yeah. Like, There's like a whole plan to them. like. Oh, and then I'll get them in the car, and then the car will break down, and there will only be one motel room, so I need to make sure that I booked all There's the other just ones. just one the bed! How can I start a blizzard? <laughs> uh, also great is Nate handing Parker a case for the vials, and he tells her to go do her magic, which comes in to play later. Yeah. Which is great. So I like that Nate just has ultimate faith in Parker's theming abilities. He's oh, yeah. never like, can you do that? Like, there's other stuff he's not, he's like, not sure if she can, like, function as a human being. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, yeah, Parker can steal that. That's fine. Yeah, she's got it. Yeah, I mean, she's given him no reason to question her. But yeah, he does have, like, unflagging faith in her. And I think that's also why she's like, yeah, sure, you can leave me in a room where the alarms are going off up to the last second and if you think i can do it then i can do it yeah it's like a bumblebee it doesn't know it can't fly Mm -hmm. so it can fly um so say if we makes it to the drug launch and 
Hoffman does this like creepy like come hither thing with his finger and I don't like it and she can immediately tell that he's up to something because nobody does this with their finger if they're not up to something bad she knows that Hoffman's up to something and then we like see him in real time call Nate's and tell him okay your story checks out I'll pay you the money so you can be quiet but I want you to come to Palogen to pick it up because I don't want anything to go wrong and Hardison is like, nope, nope, don't do that, don't do that. And Nate's like, sure, okay. And hangs up. And everyone's like, Nate, that's obviously a setup. Like, he's bringing you in. He's going to kill you. All he has to do, Sophie says, is have one of his goons to brush by you with uh, with a syringe. And you're you're done. You're dead. This is serious. And he's like, yeah, but I'm going to go anyways. I mean, I, on the one hand, they are often in danger of death and many of their marks could kill them at any time. And they just assume like they're fine. And I do think there's a, maybe that's why they had to have the dead body earlier, that this is a guy who's willing to like directly order the death of someone without it. Cause often like the people who are dying are like vaguely mm-hmm. out in the distance yeah. somewhere. But I mean... I don't know. It seems like a reasonable risk that maybe they won't kill him on property in well, the middle can, of a big event. If Although, they can make it look like a heart attack, then yeah, I don't know. What's to stop? I'm them? with Nate on this one. You're with Nate and the YOLO yeah. <laughs> theory. <laughs> yes, YOLO. What well, are you gonna do? Kill me? Well, but like, what's the other option? Like, you could not do it, I guess. But like. When are the you going to get yeah. a better opportunity? The con can't move forward if we don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. So. And he is like on the lookout. I mean, he stops that dude with a pen. He's not just. <laughs> That's great. Like, and Elliot gives him some tips. He's like, keep an eye out for people who are taller than everybody else, who have their hands in their pockets, who have shoes that'll lace up because they the can run easily. Good. I liked the shoes thing. I'm going to yeah. use that. Though how you'd notice, like, do they have capri pants on? How? Well, how do you know how high up their shoes, shoes dip, do- dip down on the sides? So that's, that's you can true. usually see their socks, right? That's okay. why men, why men yeah. wear like funny pattern socks. So you could tell if something's a boot. Yeah. Okay. Versus like a shoe. So boots, as so we learned. Boots. Keep an eye boots out for boots. Uh, and it's great. And then while he's talking to Nate, giving him this advice, the FDA rep is talking to him and he's like, what? And she has her hair down and she has the most beautiful hair. And she says, you know, I don't think this is going to work out because you guys are all the same. You're always really attractive, but you're all about the job and you're kind of boring. And, you know, I just don't want to date a guy who sits behind a desk all day. I want to date someone who travels the world and who's a little dangerous. (laughs) And she's putting her glorious hair away as she says this. Which, oh, and then she's like, don't worry, we can still be friends. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> So, did you get the feeling that he, that Elliot liked her and was, he, that's why he was bummed about it? Or was he bummed c- just because he got rejected? I like couldn't get a read on what, how that was supposed to be read. Yeah, I, I agree. Because it does seem like he's just kind of got a little bit of wounded pride and then Nate kind of pokes at it in a, for a second after this. But I kind of read it ultimately as he didn't even see her as like a possibility of someone who he would be compatible with. 
because he was playing a character or he was playing a part and and then he realizes that she's cool yeah and he saw her as just like a means to an end and then he's like oh oh my gosh like we could have had things in common yeah okay yeah you would want to go skydiving off a mountain with me and then like beat the shit out of people maybe i don't know now we will never know so in my head elliot gets dumped a lot i think elliot gets dumped way more often than he dumps women i think he prefers that yeah like i don't think he like gets off on being dumped but i think he he would prefer not to break someone else's heart I think he's really good at getting them to break up with him and not in a mean way, but just in a way of like getting them to a place where it's their decision. And so he can leave and be like, you're the winner. Like you uh-huh. won this breakup. And they feel uh, empowered he, like, by that. Yeah. As well. He like leaves them better than he found oh, them by getting he's, them to like increase their boundaries. failure to launch. He's Sarah Jessica Parker's yes. character in he's failure like to launch. Making them, yes. Cause they, but he leaves it now and they're like, they feel they're like i know how to ask for what i want now yeah and like, i got some really good sex out of that relationship and then i moved on and great hair care tips yes uh parker is breaking in to the warehouse to get the vials and she gets past all the cameras and everything and she's at the key code thing and they don't have the key code ready for her to bust in and then we have like this big, very slapstick moment where Hardison and Ashley are stumbling over each other, trying to get the security code. And she's like, too many voices, too many voices, just one person. Tell me what this code is. So and she's very annoyed. So that sounded like it would be the most annoying yeah, thing ever. Yeah, you're like, the camera's going to come back around. I need to get in. Come on. Uh, Hardison, you don't usually do this. Uh, but I do like that they both were like, oh, my gosh. It was, it was cute, except for on the other end where it was possibly screwing up this whole, you know, mission. I did. That was the one moment when I felt like Ashley needed to like step off a little, like, I know you want to help, but let them, you're not auditioning to be part of this crew. You cannot replace Hardison, just chill and let him do his job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on, Tracy Flick, just chill. Just go over there. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) So, Oh, yeah, but they, she does finally get in, and Nate is over here stressing out about guys trying to get him, and he does grab that guy with a pen. Who? Why are you walking towards a bar with a pen open like that? Right, I mean, who's, yeah. And the guy gets annoyed. He's like, you almost broke my pen. Right, but he's just like, don't do I'm going to go get a drink. Stab. Yes, like, right. Who's holding a pen like that? Uh, and then we see that Parker has tripped the motion sensors in the warehouse, and when the security guards come, she's hiding up in the ceiling because there are like exposed pipes and stuff. And she jumps down, which was something that the stunt double was actually like, well, I could just jump down, which they started that shot. And then they like edited away from it, I guess, because you could see that it wasn't her. I just mm. thought it was kind of choppily done. Yeah. I don't know. That part, when I first watched it so i had forgotten how the con ended and i was so like righteously angry about the fact that parker had tripped a motion sensor i'm like parker would never it <laughs> doesn't dare. matter how upset like she would not let her feelings about this woman interfere with the job like that she is a professional <laughs> i know it and definitely the reveal came around that. and i was like oh yeah okay that makes more sense <laughs> yeah 
I do love when like you're reading a book and you're like, I question this. This yeah. is not how this should go down. And then the author's like, yeah, I know. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and they play it later like, okay. So she locks the security guards in the cage and then she trips up this third one that comes and then leaves the vials behind the, the box behind that she's, she has. And Nate tries to get out, but he's apprehended and it's a close call. He, because when they take him away, you see this syringe that's stuck into the big poster board. You're like, he was this close, this close to dying. My fingers are very close together. Listeners. Like, like a half inch apart. So close. So close. So close. And they take him up to the office and Hoffman's telling him that, well, you know what? The deal's changed. And he sends his guards out of the room, which means that Elliot gets to reunite with his old buddies. Cause these are definitely the same guys from the beginning of the episode. Which it warmed my, my cold, cold heart. How much he held a grudge about coffee. Yes. Cause he walks up to them and he's like, Hey, can I get you guys a cup of coffee? And they I'm like, realize just we, realizing and that. He goes, well, yes. He's mad about, he's still oh mad. Cause the way he plays it, that's not him like making a funny joke. Like, no. Hey guys, remember me from the time with the coffee? He is pissed off about that. cup, And as somewhat like, I felt that <laughs> I felt it. I feel this so dumb. another reason I'm like a hitter because I I can tell you with like pretty good accuracy every cup of coffee I've ever spilled in my life because it's like it is a deep deep tragedy. <laughs> so I felt Elliot being like, "Can I get you a cup of coffee?" And then I think hitting them a little extra hard. I'm like he will remember that forever. So Nate applauds Hoffman's plan, uh, you know, to like kill people, but he says it's not going to work. And because what is his plan? Oh, he's he's like, yeah, we your person failed. We have the vials. They're right here. And he's like, well, we no, we actually have the vials or we had them. Uh, but now they're in the champagne <laughs> that you're drinking and everybody's drinking downstairs at the launch because you know what? I'm not I haven't been working alone. And then we have the introduction of the real Jennifer Pearson, who is the FDA rep. And Hoffman realizes that Sophie was in on this the whole time. He <laughs> runs downstairs and uh, he's seen the vials or he's seen that the box is empty, that there are no vials in it. And Jennifer Pearson is very confused. Nate sends her after him and gives her the, the box as well. And he's I love how he's getting rid of people's champagne. He's just like grabbing the bottom with his two fingers <laughs> and he's just like throwing no. them on the ground. This is really, it's like, this is his Soylent Green is People moment or like in the terrible Buffy episode, Double Meat Palace, <laughs> when she's like, it's people! The burgers are made of meat! <laughs> and then they put up on the screens that are everywhere that, hey, look at this picture. Obviously, this is a drug that's going to kill us all. And I guess because they're all doctors and stuff, they're like, oh, that is the chemical thing. I mean, they show them next to each other, but. It's weird, though, because they're like, someone in the background is like, that's HG1, the drug that killed all those people, which it A, that sounded like it had been looped and it was yeah. added later as like an explanation. But if, if like random person in the crowd was like, HG1, it killed all those people. But then at the beginning, Ashley's like, I couldn't find any lawyers to take my case. Because there was no proof. So, like, that didn't... And he's wiped all the records. Yeah, like, why do random people know 
My only explanation for that was that these people aren't completely random. They are all in the pharmaceutical industry. So they probably know yeah. like the big scandals that have happened, but it was a trial. Like, yeah, it wasn't it was like an actual drug launch. Cause it wasn't her being like, I've been trying to raise money for an appeal. I've been mm-hmm. trying to, or like I appealed and the case got thrown out. I think he bribed the judge. Yeah. It was, it was just like, like literally no one knows anything. I can't get. Yeah. Like there's no traction, traction on this. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's, my sister is the only person who died so it just seemed weird that like and it did seem like yeah. it was added like adr it was like added in later <laughs> yeah like couldn't they have just been like didn't you pull that drug from the market mm-hmm. or something like there i don't yeah, know oh i heard that drug didn't make it past trials yeah it just yeah. felt a little sloppy for the like i don't yeah. know it didn't you feel as like, tight as they are sometimes you almost didn't need to have that up there because him saying right. Vioplex is in the champagne and we're all going to die when you go to the hospital is enough to be like, but isn't this supposed to make people better? So the fact yeah. that it's in our champagne shouldn't kill us. I like, yeah, it just seems like that's unnecessary to have yeah. that there. But it they just, have to. Know, yeah. Could have been a little tighter. Yeah. But, um, you know, it turns out this case is a trick case. And the vials are still actually in there. I wish they had taken more time in the flashback to show us exactly how that worked. Yeah. Hoffman is kind of melting down. I can't believe this is happening. And then everybody's there. The FDA reps there and journalists are, you know, surround him. And he like looks up at Nate and he, you can tell he's like, I'm going to get you. This is not the end of this, which I don't think it is. Uh, And they're, you know, watching this all go down and Sophie tells Nate that she wants him to admit that what he just did was textbook out of control behavior. But then he's like, oh no, I just wanted to show you that I'm willing, I wouldn't put the team in danger that I wouldn't put myself in as well. And she's like, yeah, you know, that's not comforting, right? <laughs> you know, that's not a good reason to do dumb shit. Which it, it really isn't. And he really thinks that that's, like, helpful. Yeah. She's like, that's real sweet. But that's real dumb. <laughs> but what I do love is that in the next scene, Ashley is drinking orange soda with Hardison. Which, like, I think that shows that really their relationship is, like, just platonic. It's really just friendly. And she's they learned a lot from him. They seem to have a lot in common. I, I feel like that plotline was so smartly played and like the actors really killed it of yeah. just oh hey like cute person and then it like you see them evolve into just like a really strong platonic friendship yeah which is wonderful Pl- platonic friendships are great oh uh-huh, yes please uh, oh love that so <laughs> parker is not seeing this from afar she's glaring as hardison gives Uh, Ashley information on other families who are affected by HD1 and who are still suffering. And then he also gives her a check from the FDA for being a whistleblower, which sounds like a nice chunk of change. So now she can go and help them, which I think, so in the Shahrazad job, Hardison says that one day he wants to run his own crew and he wants to do what Nate does. And I kind of see this as like at the end of that episode, Nate's like, you don't have, it in you to start your own crew. But I see this as like, he's kind of given Ashley 
she already had some of the skills because she's been doing this for three years, but he like has given her more skills so she can go off. Mm-hmm. And like, she's like a little seedling that is like on yeah. the wind now that he's helped empower to go forth and like do good. Uh, Sophie and Parker are still watching from the bar and Sophie's like, she was nice. Uh, and Parker's a little tense. She's got her hands wrapped around her beer bottle uh, and tense enough so that when she's like, who's nice? <laughs> Sophie says, Ashley, she like breaks the bottle with her bare hands because we've established in for previous episodes that Parker's hands are very strong. She doesn't believe that she's jealous or that she needs to talk to Hardison about her feelings at all. Well, Sophie has to get like very specific. Like Sophie is like, you don't like it when he talks to other women. And it's not like restating a fact. It's she has to literally explain to Parker, like, this is a feel this is what you are feeling. Like that's this is what that is called. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's very basic, like emotion. <laughs> It's not even like emotion one on one. It's like the class you have to take. <laughs> the to prerequisite. To, yeah, like <laughs> it's like the seminar you have to go to over Freshers Weekend to take yeah. that. And it's not like with Nate. She was very short. They, she's very shorthand about like you. You did a thing. We we know why that's happening. Like it's mm-hmm. and but with I like that it's her pep talks. They're not, it's not even really a pep talk. It's like a criticism talk. But yeah, her come to Jesus. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, tailored to who she's talking to, right? Yeah. Because I don't think, like, Parker probably didn't think she was jealous. I don't think that would have ever crossed her mind that she, that her feelings towards Hardison were related to the way she felt about Ashley. Yeah. She's having just like this lizard brain, uh, like, yeah. reaction. Like, she, she can't further you know think about and like dive into like why am i feeling this way i'm just having this visceral reaction and i hate it and i need it to stop and the only way it's going to stop is if she leaves and she never comes back yeah and like oh okay maybe there's something else there well it's also been pretty well established that parker trusts sophie when it comes to feelings Mm -hmm. so like if Sophie's telling her that she's not going to immediately, I mean, well, she'll dismiss it, but like she will stop and think about it and consider that Sophie's right. Because in Parker's mind, Sophie knows everything about feelings. Yeah. So uh, then Sophie pieces out pretty fast once Hardison comes over and I love it. She's not even, she's just like, I'm tired. I'm leaving. <laughs> she's like, Oh look, the other side of the room. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she pieces out and then like, I love this about Aldous Hodge. Like he plays cocky really well and he's like a goofball and he can get all like his feathers ruffled when you like offend him. But then like, he's so soft and gentle with, like he's very soft and gentle with Ashley when she needed it. Um, But it was, I don't know with Parker, he doesn't do it all the time because she doesn't need it. But like here, like he immediately is like, what's going on? (laughs) Like what happened here? (laughs) Parker's just like cheap glass. (laughs) He also manages to play that without being patronizing at all, which is yes, really hard I, to do. Yeah. Because I think it's really easy to come off as like, hey, what's wrong? Everything okay? And it comes off like, like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Gross. Go away. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. play like, that's, that's tough. exactly what I meant. And you hit it on the head. And oh. I think that's perfect. Thank you. Uh, 
And also, I think it could have been played like he knew the whole time that she was jealous because of how she feels for him. Uh, and even if he did, he doesn't like kind of play it cocky like, oh, I know exactly why you're angry or you've been upset this whole time. Yeah. Because he, she also might have just been being like weird. Yeah. Right. Because she's, but he looks so hopeful when she's mm-hmm. like, I'm having feelings. He's like, there's like this moment of hope of like, oh, is she going to say something? Like, because, and then he like doesn't, he never pushes her. Mm-hmm. And I, that's tough to do. Like, that's tough to write that kind of character where like the relationship progresses but both people are passive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, you love a will they won't they, but it's always like a, we're both denying how we feel about each other kind of thing. Yeah. Or it's all subtext or it's just straight up. Like we have chemistry and if we get together, then the chemistry is going to be gone and they won't know what to do with us. But this is just, we're going to let this unfurl. Like we're not going to yeah. force this. And he is, he's just like, okay, you like, pretzels or you have feelings for pretzels the pretzels are always going to be here whenever you're ready yeah and he doesn't even look like disappointed when she like punks out and says Mm -hmm. uh pretzels i have feelings for pretzels Mm -hmm. he's like okay like oh that's where we're at like cool yeah deal with that um (sighs) and we haven't had a scene like this between them since like the stork job like there'll be like little bits or he where they're obviously like are caring more for each other. But they had that moment in the stork job when uh, they're trying to save the children from the orphanage. And she says, you know, whatever we do, it's not going to save them because they're just going to go into foster homes. and They're yeah. going to end up like me. And I'm, I messed up. And he's like, I think you're wonderful. Yeah. I think you turned out great. When do they f- uh, kiss or kiss for real? Right, as, like, cover. And then oh, he's like, kiss- are we going to talk about that? And she's like, um, talk about what? Like, They kiss a lot. They kiss in the first season. <laughs> uh, the two David job, they kiss okay. again in, in the back there. Um, that's the one I was thinking of. And there's yeah. another one. I think they're, like, doing stuff in the back of the van in the premiere of this season to okay. get Nate out of jail. Um, but, yeah, they was, definitely... The two David job was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, yeah. he's like, whoa. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because she's not there yet. Like, it doesn't even... Yeah, it doesn't register at all. It's rare that we end on a cute scene like this. It's usually Sophie says something scathing to Nate, or Nate quips something and is sad by himself with a drink. So this is really nice that it's just this kind of, like, quiet moment where they make eye contact and then, like, look away, and then make eye contact and look away, and then look at each other's lips and look away, and... Yeah, and it's just, it's such a good scene. Yeah. And I didn't didn't mention it this go-around, but uh, Ashley is, pay, is played by Katie Lowe's, who's done a lot of voice work. She's in the Wreck-It Ralph movie. She plays one of the other little uh, cupcake people from Vanellope's Cute. game. Um, and she also had a long-running recurring role on the show Scandal, hmm. where she was a lawyer, but became a world-class hacker and spy apparently hmm, crossover anyway, possibly yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she like definitely learned from Hardison. <laughs> uh 
Okay, are you ready for heist lights? Yeah. And I think we both ended kind of in the same thing. Like I was looking up different cons that were kind of adjacent to this. But when you look it up, it's all really depressing. And basically all you're finding is like Martin Shkreli and Holm, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes, yeah. Yeah. And and all of her stuff. And I was like, I don't, Theranos. And I was like, I don't want to do that. It's like, or it's like Florida man knocks over truck <laughs> containing 60 million dollars of pharmaceuticals and sells them on the black market and you're like oh great just, yeah. just theft like yeah and um, then, that like always drives home like i genuinely do not like people who actually pull cons because they're bad and they're hurting innocent people yeah um you know sometimes it's funny like someone re- stole a truckload of ramen <laughs> like that's not really hurting but, people but yeah i you know sometimes it's bad so um if you're into fictional stuff if you want to stick on the medicine side of things uh you can always rewatch a train the train job from um firefly which was the pilot that they filmed well so the original pilot did not get picked up so they had to film a like quick new one i think it's called the train job making it fit neatly into leverage like hierarchy but Mal and the crew knock over a, a fancy futuristic Western style train to steal some stuff. And it turns out that it's medicine. And so they return it because they're, they're not that kind of bad guy. So they return it and then get in trouble with Niska, the very Russian mobster who has put them up to the task. Uh, but it's a very nicely done train style heist thing. The other uh, the books that I'll recommend for Heist are the Mistborn books by Brandon Sanderson. And then the, he has a, he has the initial trilogy and then a follow-up one. And there I are finally listened heists. to the follow-up one. Like I was on oh. hold from it from the day that we met. With, <sighs> finally <laughs> got it. The Alloy of Law. Literally. I think I finished yeah. it three weeks ago. All right. Yeah. It's great. Right. With Wax and Wayne and the whole, was, like oh the God. final heist. Yes, I did not it see is it really coming good. about like how, how I was like how, how they were going to get out of it and how they so um, for those people who have not read the Mistborn books they are a fantasy series set in a world where all the magic relates to metal in some way people can do different things with metal push on it pull on it if you if some people like eat things it lets them do stuff they get various powers uh, and the, the magic system is very well done and very precise so then in the second trilogy, there's some shift to the rules. And it's like 300 years in the future. Yeah. And then there's like, so now people have guns. It's very Old West style. But like, what happens if you have the ability to do magic based on metal, but also you have something that lets you shoot a metal projectile really far and really fast? Well, you can do all sorts of other cool things with it. Um there are some great heists. I think the first Mistborn book is heisty. And then mm-hmm. the first, which is just called Mistborn. And then the first of the Wax and Wayne trilogy, which is the Alloy of Law. Um, I love that title. The Alloy of Law or yeah. the Wax and Wayne trilogy. Just, it's all good. I just like Brandon Sanderson. Like, I think I just like him as a person, but also. Have you, have you seen on his website, he has all of his notes up for the Mistborn trilogy? No. Oh my god, it's so good. You will reread them. You can like, it's like chapter by chapter. He kept notes as he was writing. It was like a masterclass on like how to write a heist too. Yeah, 
it's like, here, here's what I had to do. Here are the problems I ran into. I originally had it written this way, but that doesn't work because later this happens mm-hmm. and I needed to establish this about their character. It's yeah, so cool. so exhausting, but so cool. Yeah. It's like one of those levels. Um, so yeah, read the Mistborn books and watch Firefly, all of it again, because Firefly is amazing. Ooh, and it's another one of those games. I have a less depressing. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I'm currently reading, so I haven't finished it because it's so good. I don't want it to end, except it's very stressful right now. So it's a heist book, but it is called um, Death Prefers Blondes. It's by Caleb Rorig. Uh, it's a YA book. And it's about a girl named Margot Manning, who is basically a Paris Hilton. So she's super rich, uh, socialite girl who's in all the tabloids. But in like, that's just kind of like her public facade. And at night, she and her friends who are drag queens, they all dress up and they break into rich people's houses and steal shit from them. Uh, Which kind of sounds like super privileged, like, oh, we're just stealing people's things. But they each have their own reasons for stealing things. Like, everybody needs the money from the heist that they do. But everything goes wrong. They, like, steal money from this Russian mobster. Or they steal jewels from him. And so he's, like, trying to kill them. And also, like, her dad dies. And she finds out that he's been poisoned by his business partner. And, like, everybody is connected. And they have... It's just bonkers i just put it in my cart because that book sounds amazing it's so good and literally i've just gotten to like there's like another twist and you're like oh my god what's how are they gonna get out of this without dying (laughs) excellent fabulous um and everybody's gay or bi and it is wonderful it's like everything i need in the world okay real quick one last thing before we go while I was finishing up my notes for this, I got a message on Tumblr from a user, Plan B is in effect, who is doing a paper on leverage. Cool. I like writing a paper on leverage. And so they have a survey that they asked if I would take about the show. And I was like, uh, yeah, definitely. And I asked them if they wanted me to share it here. So if you'd like to fill out this anonymous survey for this person's paper... The link will be in the show notes. Uh, I'll also put it, I already put it on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Um, but yeah, fill it out. And like, so yeah. So go ahead and check out that survey link, listeners, when you get a chance. Robin, you don't do social media, so I'll just do my I social media. Uh, I'm at librarians D on Twitter. It's the best place to find me. And you won't see us again, but you'll hear us again in two weeks when we talk about the studio job. Okay. Thanks well, for Robin, having me. Thank you fun. for being on. This was wonderful. Thank you for your patience as I, uh, we only got halfway through the episode before I. That's, yeah, we didn't get that far. We got as far as hoop skirts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, let me know if there's any others that are up for grabs and, uh, and I'll come back and I. Yeah. Hard. 
right? Tan's always yeah. like, oh, try a boot. Tan just doesn't want anyone to know who's out to kill us. That's right. Tan, Tan. you're making it easy for them to win. Gosh, Tan. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I guess the French tuck does mean that you can't hide a gun. So, like. This is true. And now I'm imagining the Fab Five as the leverage team. Oh. So who's who? I don't know, because I... Karamo is Sophie. Absolutely. I'm having trouble with Jonathan, though. (laughs) He'd have to be Hardison, right? (laughs) He has to be the... Wait, is it person... Is he the hacker? He's got to be Hardison, right? I think we have to come back to Jonathan. Okay. Karamo is Sophie. Bobby, who do we have? We have Bobby, Tan, Jonathan. Anthony. Anthony. I think Anthony would be the thief. Okay. Not personality wise, but I feel like he'd be the thief. Mm hmm. I, I can think see it. Tan would be the hitter <laughs> based on the boots. Based on the boots, yes. Okay. So I think Bobby would be Nate. I think yeah. Bobby's the mastermind because Bobby does the most behind the scenes stuff that we don't right. see. And he does a lot of the work. And he's um, real chill. Like he's just, he's like, yeah, he's unflappable. So that makes Jonathan the hacker. Oh gosh. But I just, I mean, I guess the other option would be Jonathan being the grifter. Cause he could talk his way into it. I feel like he, that man could talk himself in and out. No, of any okay, situation. Okay. I think, but Karamo... he's like partisan as grifter. That's the problem. It's all over the top. It's all over the top. Yeah. But I also think Jonathan as the thief. Because he like he does like hardcore yoga. He does like dancing and uh figure skating. Like I think he could be bendy. I think his hair would get all caught in the air ducts. I think that he would braid it. I think he would do something. Keep it out of the way. I think he could get into an air duct. Um, okay. I don't think he'd be subtle about it. But then... So that would make Anthony... He's the youngest. So he, he, might, be good, he, he the, might be a good hacker. He could be the hacker. He way around a computer. Uh-huh. All right. I like that, I think. That works. All right. Okay. We've solved it. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> we figured it out. I know you've been like... Roll-